thank you. I'd never heard that before. Anybody besides me never heard that before? Gene, yeah. who had to play it, had never heard that before. Gene, <laughs> thank you for doing that. I don't know how y'all do things like that, but that is wonderful. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Can you believe it's Memorial Day weekend? June is about soon. So to some Memorial Day is the beginning of summer vacation. We have people doing that right now. Some of you will barbecue. Family will get together. And a lot of churches, Memorial Day is ignored because, well, it's just not one of the holy days on the calendar. But I think it's good for us to look and consider what Memorial Day represents. As we begin this video that I want you to see. I lived in a community where there was about 30 boys that went into the service. My brother Bill, he, he wanted to go in so bad. He was in the Air Force, along with my other two brothers, they were in the Air Force also, they were all three pilots. He uh, went over to the South Pacific On the mission that he went on, he got shot down. On Christmas Eve, we got the message that Bill was killed. even though in the midst of sadness and despair that your loved ones perished so that we might have the freedoms we have. I would like to express my thanks to all the people, all the, the, the men and women that have served our country and have perished so that we might have the freedoms that we have today. Jimmy Cowan. Cowan. Cowan, Jimmy Cowan. Yes, sir. Shelly. 
I'm going to come down so I can hear. I want you to hear these names. This is important. Miss Charlie, one more time. Del Shelton. Jim Shelton. Delmer Shelton. Thank you very much. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. My cousin Chrissy. Thank you, your cousin Chris. Thank you. Anyone else? Ed Palmer. Ed Palmer. Ed Palmer. You know more names, probably, don't you? Every Memorial Day, we think about or we should think about what has happened and how fortunate we are to benefit from their giving. The special day started near the end of the Civil War. It was called Decoration Day, where people would go and decorate graves and soldiers. I believe it started in the North, and before too many years, graves were decorated both North and South. After World War I, it became a national holiday dedicated to remembering those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we enjoy. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the freedoms. We enjoy them at a high price. Thank you for these names mentioned and the thousands and thousands of others who through history have given their lives for a goal and a dream and an ideal. Father, we pray for our country and for our world and that we would remember that people have done so much so we can even come into this place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been to Washington, D.C., you have seen memorials. Maybe you've been to Pearl Harbor and seen the memorial there. There are memorials all over this great country. And the question comes, why is it important that we remember? Why is it important? Before I tell you the answer, let's look back at a memorial built in Israel about 3,500 years ago. We begin in Joshua chapter 4. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at a place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God. And each of you must pick one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all. One for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We'll use these stones to build a memorial in the future. Your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So you get the picture that Joshua is leading the children of Israel across the Jordan. Not the Red Sea with Pharaoh experience, but another time God opened the water so that the children of Israel could cross 
On their way across, one from each tribe picked up a stone, and when they got to the other side, they made some type of a formation. Why? So they would remember. Why is it important to remember is the question. I believe that's answered in Joshua chapter 4, beginning of verse 21. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future, your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and He kept it dry until you were all across. Just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we'd all crossed it. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. And so you might fear the Lord your God forever. So Joshua says, memorials are important, or this particular one is important, so that people will know that the Lord God is powerful and that we should fear Him forever. But people forget. And history fades away. And people get distracted. For a moment, I'm thinking of events in my lifetime. Let's look at recent history. History that I remember. It was January 1991. Operation Desert Storm. Coalition forces were poised to go into Kuwait to free the Kuwaitis from the invaders from Iraq. It was supposed to be, and I remember watching the news, it was supposed to be the mother of all wars. Do you remember that phrase? There was discussion in our government about how many body bags we should send over for our soldiers. And they estimated that our casualties would be in the tens of thousands. Do you remember that? Saddam Hussein had an army, they called it the Republican Guard, and they were supposed to be so very well trained. And a dark picture was painted before we went in. The experts didn't know if the nation could handle it. What was going to happen? I remember praying about it and worrying about it and thinking about it. And then when the invasion took place, it wasn't much of a fight. Troops from the Republican Guard were surrendering to reporters. It just didn't materialize the way the experts said. The number of our soldiers that died during that month or so was 147, not tens of thousands. And I remember sitting there thinking, this was a miracle. I do recall that, that God took care of us in amazing ways. Major General Randy West serves as the Aviation Combat Element Commander for the 5th Marine Expeditionary Brigade in Operation Desert Remember shock and all, the phrase shock and all, he was involved in shock and all. And after the experience and all of the prognosticators say this was going to happen and when it didn't, 
the general wrote a book entitled From Prayer to Victory. In the book, he reveals many accounts of God's presence. He tells of the essential role that God played in hearing and answering the prayers of soldiers and sailors and airmen and marines and the prayers offered by those Americans on the home front. And it is important that we recognize that and we remember why. Because like Joshua said, so we would know that the Lord is powerful so that we should fear the Lord forever. America was established as a Christian nation. And it is amazing to see how God's hand has formed and protected our nation, lest we forget. One more video that you should see about that. Miracles in American history. As America may be facing more crises in our future, it's inspiring to look back at miracles in the past. In the book, Prayers and Presidents, we see that our leaders have turned to God in times of crisis. One of those stories is the freezing winter at Valley Forge. After the victory at Saratoga in New York, George Washington's men were driven into Pennsylvania by the British. The Continental Army now set up camp at Valley Forge, December 19, 1777, just 25 miles from British-occupied Philadelphia. So while the British were now in all the nice homes in Philadelphia, the loyal Americans were now out in the freezing winter. Lacking food and supplies, soldiers died at the rate of 12 per day. Of 11,000 soldiers, 2,500 died of cold, hunger, and disease. A committee from Congress reported that feet and legs froze till they became black, and it was often necessary to amputate them. Soldiers were there from every state in the Union, and some were as young as 12 and others as old as 60. Though most were white, there were some African-American and American Indians that were there with the American cause at Valley Forge. Quaker farmer Isaac Potts observed General Washington kneeling in prayer in the snow. And we're all familiar with the painting of that. Hessian Major Carl Leopold Bauermeister noted that the only thing that kept the American army from disintegrating was their, quote, spirit of liberty. In a letter written to John Bannister, George Washington recorded, to see men without clothes to cover their nakedness, without blankets to lay on, without shoes by which their marches might be traced by the blood from their feet, and at Christmas taking up their quarters within a day's march of the enemy, is a mark of patience and obedience which in my opinion can scarce be paralleled. On April 12th of 1778, this is the spring after that terrible winter, at Valley Forge, George Washington ordered, the Honorable Congress having thought proper to recommend to the United States of America to set apart Wednesday the 22nd to be observed as a day of fasting, humiliation, and prayer, that at one time and with one voice the righteous dispensation of providence may be acknowledged and his goodness and mercy toward our arms supplicated and implored. The general directs that the day shall be most religiously observed in the army, that no work shall be done thereon, and that the several chaplains do prepare discourses. 
Washington wrote, August 20th of 1778, the hand of providence has been so conspicuous in all this, the course of the war, that he must be worse than an infidel that lacks faith and more wicked that has not gratitude to acknowledge his obligations. But it will be time enough for me to turn preacher when my present appointment ceases. That was the miracle of our army surviving Valley Forge. Had they disintegrated and not survived that winter, there would not have been an army and the war would have been over. That was one of the miracles in our history. There are so many stories from the history of our Christian nation of God's hand protecting us. I hope in days ahead you'll tell me some of them. So go home and Google it about God's hand in history. When I did that this week, I found out about the miracle of the Battle of Midway or about the hand of God at D-Day. When what Joshua said, when we remember, we know that the Lord is powerful, and we know that we should fear the Lord forever. But the sad truth is, we're in a land of forgetters. God is taken out of our history by many, and many have forgotten. A blessed people, if we're not careful, can become forgetful. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the world around us. So what do we do? What can we do for Memorial Day? We can remember. We can look and see what God has done. And we can brag on His watch care. And we can fear the Lord. Let's not take one moment for granted. Let's give, give God credit for his wonderful words. Let's pray for America. And let's pray for our world. It's interesting what Joshua did with the stones. And he specifically said after he, they were built that one day the children will pass. And Joshua said let's use this as a teaching moment for the generations behind us. We need to do just that. We need to let the generations behind us know that it is a Christian nation and God's hand has been upon it. And we pray that it continues.